Hey everyone, I'm Amina and I'm back with another episode of P.S. We Got This. When listening to this podcast, you can expect to hear discussions from Black women about what it takes to pursue your dream career. Today, I'm joined by one of my favourite star bloggers and good friend, Flora. Hey. Hi. (laughs) How are you doing? It's been a hot minute. It has. (laughs) Lockdown has trapped us all. (laughs) Honestly. Um, Yeah, we're going to drive straight into it. So I've mentioned part of what you do already, but can you give us like a brief description of what you do for a living? Okay, so right now I work, I mean, I'm working full time as a garment tech, but I work um, also as a social media influencer. I work with different brands um, creating content um, for their socials and also for mine. Um, yeah, that's what I currently am doing. Awesome. And is this something that you've always wanted to do? Yes, I've always wanted um, to work in fashion. Um, obviously you've got my full-time job, which is working in fashion. And then this is like an extension of, um, me basically working in fashion. I'm literally in the hearts of it. I get to work with brands. I get to see campaigns. I get to literally get all the behind the scenes. And hopefully when everything opens up, I also get to go to London fashion week, um, which is like very exciting. So yeah, it's always what I've always wanted to do is literally a dream. So for those that don't know, like what, what is garment tech? Like what do you do on a sort of day-to-day basis? So garment tech is, um, we, we focus mainly on um, helping brands um, fit garments, um, making garments fit for purpose. So looking at fabrication, looking at also the legality of um, fabrics, some, some yarns are not, approved in some countries so we have to look um, into that we have to look at components if they follow regulations Um, but mainly it's um, focusing on the fit of the garment and helping um, the brand take this right from um, design to production to stores so that's what I do Um, that's what mainly it's focused on and do you think did it take um you going into education or did you need any qualifications to go into this type of job role? So garment tech, yes, because um, you, you learn. Um, I did, I did go to uni and I studied fashion design within garment technology. Initially people don't tell you when you go into fashion design that there are other routes. Um, garment tech was one of the routes that I was really surprised with but it's one of the routes that I feel is very rewarding um, if you're doing fashion design course. Um, But yes, you do need a degree um, to do this because in at uni, you learn the um, how to work the machines and you need to understand how a garment is constructed and all the back end of it, knowing the yarns and everything else. Um, Obviously you, I know people who have, um, not had a qualification like a BA honor honors um, and have a college degree, but um, it is going to take them a lot longer because they don't have the same knowledge as someone with a BA because you do get taught a lot more about the industry uh, whilst you're at uni um, than you will as such at college. 
So yes, you do need a degree. Yeah, so there's a lot of education that goes into it when it comes yeah. to garment. You can basically just walk in and know what you're doing. You've got to, you've got to know. Oh, that's pretty cool then. And what do you think about um, so the social media sides of things? I mean, your job sounds pretty technical, so I, do, I wouldn't necessarily say that, um, you know, the skills you use on your day-to-day job is the same skills that you use with social media. But, I mean, you might say different. So what do you yes. think about anybody that wants to branch out and actually um, work for themselves over social media? Do you think that they would need a specific type of education or no you don't need an education to do um, (laughs) social media Um, social media is um, it's you you are your own brand so I mean I started this ages ago um, but only last year that I started seeing um, growth in my Instagram I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you've followed me for years. You've seen, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> literally, yes. it was a space of a year that it's that it's pl- gone really high. But no, you don't need a degree. You just need um, commitment. You need interest in your niche. Obviously, my niche is fashion because it's something I'm interested in. And obviously, it's something I've learned about. But it's also something that's ingrained in me. And I've always been interested in it. Um, in terms of like, what I do on social media in terms of fashion, um, it does link with what I do day to day because I get to see how garment fits. And through the website, um, if it's just a, like a normal person, um, I feel like unless, you, unless you've got the knowledge, it's always hard to um, pick out something that really fits you like really well. And I feel like the knowledge of me knowing how a garment is constructed, the fabric, the yarns, um, it also helps me in selection of products and how I can um, present them on my Instagram to make a really good outfit. But no, you don't need a degree. Um, obviously, social media, you can go into different niche. You can be, you know, food, you can be skincare, you can be fitness. Um, so apply what you know, be, you are your own brand. So show your personality, but no, you don't need a degree. Yeah, no, and I definitely think like what you said about um, just knowing different aspects of how clothes fit on people, like definitely helps with your styling. And like you said, like having your specific niche, you can tell you have like a very um, like detailed eye. And obviously, you know, that might come from your experience of doing garment tech and being in uni and stuff like that as well. So no, you can definitely tell makes a difference. Um, Just like, I tend to have people on and we reflect on people's careers and a lot of the time you do you do different things you dip in and out like at the moment you're working two jobs pretty much um and that happens with a lot of people I've noticed um especially in this day and age but just looking back through your life and achievements and even some struggles I always think they ultimately like make you the person that you are having mm-hmm. to go through those experiences and what would you think from any experience that you've had even if it's um pre-education post-education what would you think has been like a main lesson that you've learned from that something which you've taken from anything that you've done which has helped you progress in your career so um um at at the beginning of my career I would start with obviously right now um I'm doing both. I'm juggling both, but I don't want to say it too soon, but it will 
hopefully be quitting my job very soon. Ah, <laughs> I big steps. Yes, I hope um, that, that that is the hope for the future, probably very close. Um, but um, I would say what, what really changed a lot for me was um, my first job in industry, um, so doing garment tech. I literally put my foot right in and I, I went for the position I have right now when I finished uni, which was very ballsy of me <laughs> <laughs> because I had no experience. I had zero experience, but I actually ended up staying in the role for um, almost a year and I've not shared this with anyone, but actually got made, got fired <laughs> for the role. <laughs> um, and you know what? At the time, I was so I was so upset because it's my first job. How is this gonna look on my CV? How are people gonna? Because at the time, lots of people in um, at uni. I mean, we all went to uni together. You understand. Mm-hmm. So many people didn't have jobs like for almost a year, um, but. I just looked at it as like, okay, I've gone into in this in the industry, I've tried it, I've you know, I failed, but I didn't let this be my end goal. Like I didn't let this um, put me down. It was my you know my first experience, uh, but it's one that made me really strong in industry. I knew what I wanted, so after that experience. I started looking for a role that was more suited to me because obviously that was really high um, and I needed more experience to do that kind of role. So it enabled me to find something that I liked. And then um, actually after that, I went to a job that was much lower and I realized actually I didn't like the role because, um, because of the place that it was. It was back home in Leicester. And I've always, always dreamt and wanted to be in London. So I really pushed myself and I, um, and it made me, it basically made me um, just like cancel everything and start afresh and go with what I want. But if that incident never happened, then I would probably still be in Birmingham, you know, working for the same place. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't go for what I like, which is, uh, and love and my dream. I've always dreamt of being in London. I'm now living in London, but yeah, that has been one thing that has really pushed me um, throughout the years. And um, it was a big failure of mine, but it's a failure that um, made me think a lot and made me move my ass basically. No, it's really good. And I wouldn't even necessarily see it as a failure, even though there's nothing wrong with failures, but it was a big risk that you took. And I think you like you knew that it was a big risk, you know, like you said, coming out yeah. of union things. So do you think that you would have, uh, looking back now, done anything differently? No, no. No, yeah. Because it's led on to you, like you said, having this other yeah. role and being able to move out. And you've mentioned about London as well. So being in you're pretty much in the thick of the fashion industry really you have like a garment tech job and you're um a fashion star blogger and influencer so do you think that being in London and the fact that you wanted to move to London as well has that got an impact on your career and what you do for work Mm -hmm. yeah definitely so um I, I mean I just touched upon it um when I was 
So after my first role, I moved back home for a little bit um, to find a more suited role to see if I can um, find something there. And it was, I'm obviously, um, I'm from Leicester and Leicester is a very small city. I felt um, like I didn't belong there. I coming from Birmingham, which is the second largest city in the UK and going to a small um, city, which is Leicester, felt like a village for me. So um, obviously in my head, I've always wanted to move to London and I knew all the possibilities were going to happen for me if I moved to London. And um, and that's where fashion is, if I really wanted to be in the hearts of it. Um, so yeah, definitely moving to London pushed um, my career. I get I got to learn so much here. Um, in the space of a year, I, I moved up um, two positions, which was great um, in the fashion industry. And then um, it also enabled me to start working on my social media and taking it seriously, working with brands. Most brands are in London. So I get to go to the head office if I want to in London instead of, you know, being outside of London and having to travel in. Um, it's, it's, it's like a, I would say it's like a U, um, USP living in London. It's mm. literally, it's everything. Um, but yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was going to say, cause obviously the, the social media aspect of your career is massive, is huge is where you do the majority of it. Um, and obviously cause we've been in lockdown and had COVID over the past year. I usually see with, um, bloggers collaborating with brands they do a lot of like live events as well like an actual events in person just to interact with the actual audience and you haven't had the opportunity to do that but you have touched upon you know being able to go into the head office and things like that so do you think that do you think that you know being in London as well again just gives you more opportunities to actually network with other brands So I actually had, um, I got invited to um, one of the brands I work with. It was like a ladies day for the brand. Um, But this was in March, which was going to be a huge event. Um, But it never happened because um, we're in lockdown. But yes, you get many opportunities like these because yes, you are in London. And, you know, when brands want to work with you, you're just there. Um, And it feels, yeah, it's, it's such a great opportunity. Do you think, though, because, of course, like you managed to find like quite a good career um, in garment tech there. But do you think if you were going to, like you said, make that leap just to doing um, social media influencer, do you think it's still necessary to stay in London? Or because I tend to think that when it comes to, um, you know, being self-made and working for yourself, which is part, even though you are working with brands, you're still heavily working for yourself and making your own money. Um, There's more opportunity to travel as well. So do you think that it's still going to be as necessary to you to stay in London? No. No. With social media, you can work from anywhere, to be honest, anywhere. Mm. Yeah literally (laughs) yeah because I think what you've said is that it's kind of like a good starting point and it's giving you like the kick up the berm you've been able to network a bit more I think for me obviously um I didn't the time that I came to London I think I was on like 2k or 1k I wasn't taking social media um seriously and it, it wasn't something that I was looking into going to I mean I was at the time but the fact that I wasn't taking it seriously, I didn't really 
think of it as something I can go into full time. And I didn't, I thought it was going to be years. Um, the reason for moving to London is because um, for actually my full-time job, we working outside of London, the processes and um, the what they teach you in terms of garment tech or what you do as, as the role um, is completely different because you are working basically closely with the factory. And um, I actually preferred working um, more so as the... Um, as the office person. So I would rather um, work in the office than work um, close closely to the factory. Um, but that's why I moved to London because in London, the brands um, here have a bigger, what is this? A, the, the brands here are big companies, whereas outside of London, they're small companies. So you are more like um, your responsibilities are more spread out outside of London than they are in London. But in London, um, I prefer it because you focus mainly on your role and not dealing with why a supplier didn't do one thing. And, you know, you're not really, you're dealing solely on your role. And that's why um, I think working in London for fashion, not social media or anything like that, is really good because you get to focus on your um your actual role instead of being given several roles that you're not really qualified for which is what I got a lot when I worked outside of London but yeah. that's just for my role that's just the reason why I moved to London yeah exactly because you, so you've had like a very specific experience because it can be kind of like in go London with the prices to live there and um well pretty much that's it isn't it it's, it's bloody expensive <laughs> I'm sure we'd all like to live there but it is expensive and like you said it's the hub it's where everything is it's just a shame that there isn't as much outside of the city but we have um touched upon one of your obstacles of course losing your job figuring out what you were going to do and you took that leap to move back to London since you have just specifically talking about now social media influencing what type of obstacles have you faced and specifically as well, how do you think that um, you your audience sort of in the last year has grown? Because like you said, when, you know, you've been doing this for a while, I've been following you and you've always had a passion for fashion. Yes. <laughs> Remember Bratz, passion for fashion. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, but you have always been like that. And like, it wasn't a shock to yeah. me when I did see that audience grow because I was like, you know, I could see it was going to happen. But what were the obstacles up to that point and what do you think has actually um you know helped with the the audience growing since then i think um it was really hard um first of all i started obviously i've had my instagram for ages i've always had the thing you know in back of my head i'm interested in doing this but i never actually um really started doing it properly until I would say uh, October, September 2019, um, I started taking it seriously. I started shooting every weekend, um, but I found it really hard because I was putting so much time and effort um, in producing content, but like you just never saw like any results for so long. You just like, obviously results is not, it's it's gaining the following it's also 
Yeah, it's gaining the following, gaining the attraction from people, um, people being inspired by your content. And I just found it really hard because, you know, you're putting in so much work and nothing is happening. But I realized, like, if I really want to do this long term, I just need to enjoy and the people will come. Um, people will come along the way. That's, I would say that's one of the obstacles I went through is just um, knowing that I'm doing this for me and, you know, and if people find value from it, then great. If they don't, then um, they don't. Yeah. No, it's true though, because I think it is like a like a bit of a mental battle. Like when you have when you um want to show any type of work on social media, like it comes with that that following. Um there is like a slight pressure there in regards to you you wanna you wanna be able to do this because you enjoy it, but because you enjoy it so much, you want you want it to reach other people and you want engagement, you know, you want to speak with people that are like-minded and are interested. Oh, yeah in what you're doing so I can completely see how it it can be like a mental sort of a mental battle but yeah so you've persevered through it did you think there was anything specifically in the last year that helped your audience grow so um as I was posting consistently because before I was only posting once every two weeks or once every week um but one thing I've learned about social media you have to be ingrained in it just like anything else in life, if you if you want your job, you're going to have to go into work every day. That's the same as social media. You have to post every day. You have to show your interest every day, you know. Um, and, yeah, it was me posting every day. And through posting every day, I realized what I liked and what my audience also liked. So my audience loved my videos, my styling videos, those videos are the ones that have really skyrocketed for me because people love to see how I restyle things because um, obviously we're in a time where like sustainability and also like reusing, recycling clothes, it's huge. So people are looking for ways to restyle clothes and um, make it current. So that's where I found value in my content because, and people also found value in my content because they would come back and, and, you know, uh, and they would come back and they were interested in what I was doing because it really gave value to them. So mm. that was one of the main things. And also another thing is um, I realized through posting um, like my theme was very important. The atmosphere you give someone when you, when someone goes on your page is really important because people want to come to your page to, um, you know, find inspiration and also to feel like they want to stay there. So I slowly started building my own signature. Um, you know, I mean, you follow me, you know how much I love mm-hmm. black and I have taken this on and now my following know what, know that I love black and it's something that I try to, um, you know, show through my, my page through my feed and it's also very like moody and it's also very much like I try to go high fashion but also high street and trying to make everything chic and that's just sort of like the theme I've been going through and people have been loving that so that's an- another thing that has um 
that has really hooked on my following and my followers really love. Yeah. And you know what? I really rate you for that because now that you've said about the restyling, like you wouldn't also, like when I look at your page, I wouldn't automatically think like some of these outfits have been worn before or that top, you know, she's worn that top before on a specific post. But now when I look back on, you know, some of your looks, I'm like, okay, yeah, she has actually revamped and done it. And I actually like respect you for having that in the back of your mind. Cause you know, a lot of people do, I do follow a lot of bloggers and, um, they are very into their fast fashion and it's, you know, it's a new haul every week, buying a lot of clothes. And to be fair, it depends on the person, how they want to go about it, you know, reselling clothes for cheaper or giving away clothes. I'm I'm here for all of that. Mm-hmm. But I think like what you said about having that, um, being ethically conscious and having that in the back of your mind, it, it like you said, it helps people connect with you more because you're not just thinking, you know, not everyone can actually buy new clothes every week. Everyone, yeah. You know what? Um, I don't come from a rich background. <laughs> I gr- I've grown up buying clothes from the charity shop because my parents couldn't afford to give me enough pocket money for me to go shopping, go to Zara and go to Topshop and buy the latest, latest, um, you know, trends. So I've always um, grown up, you know, restyling things. Um, if, if you went to school with me, you know, like I literally would restyle anything. I'd come in and <laughs> the mom would be like, oh, that looks nice. I like how you did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I just bought this, you know, to add it up. It was five pound, you know, from the charity shop. So I've always had, I mean, I, I'm so humbled that now, you know, brands get to send me all these clothes, but I'm always very conscious that, um, most of my following cannot afford these things. And, you know, I feature both expensive and low end, but I also feature a lot of things that I've, um, you know, bought from charity shops because I think, you know, it's good to be open with your following. Not everyone can afford it. And mm-hmm. I don't expect anyone to buy, you know, a 200 pound worth of things that I just bought, um, you know, the top from like a, brand, a specific brand. I don't expect you to buy that. And that's why I also have... Um, I have a link to know it where I, um, I add different, different items that are similar, that are, are, they are low priced for people who can't afford what I have. And it's not about affordability. It's like fashion is, you know, it's style. It doesn't matter how much your top costs, you know? (laughs) So I've always, I've always had that in mind. No, that's good. And it sounds like you have like a really good idea of who your audience are. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to say, like, if you were to give your audience like a sp- specific profile, like a specific person, who would you say that that is? I don't know, because obviously I feature both high end and like most of the things I style. Like there's some things that are so cheap. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I get people, literally I would style like a whole Primark outfit and it, and I would get a DM saying good on you because um, you literally make this outfit look so expensive <laughs> so I don't know what my audience is um, I think my audience is a bit of both um, but my audience is you know someone who wants to um, you know make use of what they have in their wardrobe but also be on trend so yeah. they're scared to buy the latest trend but they're not gonna 
splash their cash for it. Um, yeah, I think I think that's my audience. Well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I mean, it makes sense based off of like the content that you give. And what do you think about um, the people that engage with you in regards to like, would you say it's mostly women, black women? And I'm seeing a lot as well on social media. So they, I will follow like um black female like fashion bloggers and then I'll see like so all of the type of bloggers that I follow there's I can see this sense of community so then I'll see Mm -hmm. another black female blogger that I follow and she follows her also and she follows her and then you know I can find another one from that so do you Mm -hmm. think do you feel any sort of sense of community online now that you do have like a bit of a wider audience as well yeah yeah I always um try to respond to all my following I have I have this specific people that always comment and it's mm. like with friends, um, but I barely know them, but um, they're mainly my, well, my, if you look at this stat- statistic on my page, it's mainly, um, it's about 80% women and 20% men, uh, which is what I like because I don't want my page to be full of men. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I get you. Page. Um, but it's mainly women and I think it's it's mainly black women but I also have um, a following from every every race every color I mean I wouldn't say all all are black women but um, mainly on my comments I have noticed is main is black women but I do get a following from all all different colors so yeah like what we were saying earlier on like your engagement over the last year so literally from like 2019 to where we are now has like it feels like it's blown up but we know that you've you've wanted to do it for quite a long time I've literally been working (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like people obviously I mean you don't you literally don't post anything about your work as well so the job that you do so I'm sure like your followers probably think that you creating content that's probably all you do um not to limit anyone like even just doing that is a lot is a lot of work but yeah. what because you do have a lot going on what do you think keeps you or what things do you do to keep you motivated to bring out the content because I know it can't be easy I can't imagine posting every day on Instagram I actually can't it's so easy if you find your time yeah if if you find um the time that works for you because you know it took me it's taken me you know it's taken me over a year you know to Mm. get myself to a position where I I have a routine I would say so obviously I work full-time I do actually show on my story I try to make my page more um more about fashion, more about what I want to give to people. And then on my stories, I'm more personal. Like, um, I like to put, um, you know, I do take a picture of like both of my laptops. So I've got like my Mac, which is like my social media. And then I've got like my, my Dell <laughs> laptop, which is my work. I try to share that on my, um, on my story, but I don't know. I'm sure my following now, um, I sort of work full time. Maybe actually I should do like a Q&A very soon. Yeah, I think, no, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, but it's taken me, yeah, it's taken me ages to find a routine. Um, what I do now is obviously I work nine to five, Monday to Friday, and then um, I shoot during the weekends. 
And this allows me to prepare myself for the week. So, um, I mean, if anyone's listening to this and is thinking about going into social media, it is possible to post every day if you know how to how to prioritize your time. Um, obviously, weekends work best for me. And I still get to, um, to have my weekends. And then during the week, I, you know, I can, on Sundays, I'll prepare my posts. And then during the week, I'll just post them. And that's how I'm able to literally post every day because I have literally prepared it the weekend. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's all just routine. Um, I still yeah. have to juggle a lot. Obviously, now I'm working... I'm not just doing my full-time job. I'm doing, you know, having to post on Instagram, but I'm also working um, with um, one of the brands full-time. So producing content um, for them, which is, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's amazing. Um, But it's, yeah, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a cool opportunity, but like sometimes I even struggle just with my, you know, my normal everyday jobs. I can't, you know, having another um what you call it just having more responsibilities on top of that and having to yeah just building that schedule because one thing that's helped me is this year um even with you know having the podcast and just finding things to do outside of work is having a diary and being able Mm. to write it down I'm like a person that for my memory like I really (laughs) Flora just for the listeners Flora is showing me her planner um (laughs) I'm I'm really like, (laughs) no, but like my memory works as in like, I have to either like physically type or write with my hand and it helps me sort of memorize and be able to know what to do. So do you have any little, like, well, obviously we see your planner there along with that. What helps you really like stay on track? So, um, calendar, my, I have a calendar on my laptop and that's connected with my phone um so I put things like you know this um on there to remind me um prior I put like a week reminder because I forget and then I do like a one day reminder (laughs) an hour reminder (laughs) and then I have my planner that I literally write on what I need to do every day um it's been something that's really been keeping me organized it's always very important to like write things down instead of just saying it in your mind because it ingrains that it, it you are ingraining it on paper so it kind of makes you um responsible to actually do the tax and and what i love is crossing things off so yes i have a diary yeah. um that i literally look at every day and if i haven't done the task that i need to do that day i put it push it for the next day and i actually make sure that i complete it because it cannot go for the next day again. So that's how I keep myself organized um, in a way. But still, sometimes um, it goes south and something's coming away. But you just have to like, just pull yourself back. And- yeah, exactly. You have to push <laughs> through. Like sometimes you ain't going to take those things off that list. No. But you know what? I'll try no. again tomorrow. So, <laughs> yeah. But I strive every day to take them off because um, especially with working with, different brands it's like okay if I don't do this today I probably will get another collaboration tomorrow that I'll have to do so I always Mm -hmm. try to like clear it because the more you leave it the more it piles on yeah yeah (laughs) that's why I'm like being consistent because it's literally (laughs) (laughs) non-stop it does help really like it actually really helps and um 
we've literally spoken about so many achievements that you've done so far and I'm so proud of you what do you see for yourself maybe I won't say to the you know the future but I'll say within this next year do you have is there any sort of career goals that you have set for yourself it could even be like a brand that you want to work with do you have things in mind that you would you know you would again just like to tick off but for the year yeah I mean I have a lot I don't like I don't like specifically talking about my goals until they're done. Um, but um, like last year, my one of my goals was hitting 10K. And actually, I think I finished with 14K, which was great. Um, this year, I have doubled it. So um, I'm not going to say the number, but it's one of my goals. But it's also to um, expand um you know the value I give for people so I'm looking at releasing you know more videos and I'm also working on releasing a course um hopefully mid-April touch wood um it's something that I'm preparing I'm not gonna go okay. into details, okay okay um, teacher yeah I'm okay also- business <laughs> I'm also doing that behind the scene um so that is one of my goals this year um and yeah, um, yeah, and prob and moving to a bigger place because um, oh, if you look at my room right now, it's. Uh, <laughs> I feel busy. you on that one, honestly. Yeah, living around parcels and clothes is not great. So yeah, that's just one of the goals, and um, yeah, I think just continuing to do what I do, but also continuing to inspire people, help people. That's what I want. I want to really. Um, I want to, I don't know, I just, I, I, I want to do fashion, but I also want to um, find a way where I can, you know, help young people change their lives because obviously I, I, I come, I don't come from money and <laughs> I, I want people to see that I want to inspire people. So I'm just going to continue doing that um, this year and hopefully reach a lot of people. No, I, I honestly love that for you as well, because now that you have the following, it's like a natural progression of what you want to do next. I think people need to see more of you as well, like yes. as in, you yes. know, your personality and things like this, because like you are a really lovely and genuine person, like as well as being a boss ass bitch you can, <laughs> uh, who can style an outfit <laughs> um no you also you have like so much more to give than that as well but yeah I love it keep going I love the content Mm -hmm. and for anyone listening that's never heard of you before where can we actually find you and follow your content as well so you can find me on instagram um coco c-o-c-o underscore flow flow so f-l-o-f-l-o um yeah. <laughs> cool. So thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear, come join the family on Instagram at ps.wegotthis to keep up to date with new episodes. Thank you, Flora, again. It's literally been amazing speaking to you and I miss you. Thanks, Amita. Hopefully we can meet up after. <laughs> Not <enough. laughs>